Welcome back, y'all. This is the Dynasty Duo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, CJ Kraus. With me, as always, my good friend, Tyler Carp. Tyler, how are we doing today? Today is Scott Fishbowl Day. It is Scott Fishbowl Day. It is, Day. yes. July 5th, 2021. Some of us are through more rounds than others, <laughs> but uh, yes, today is Scott Fishbowl Day. I am... Four rounds have been completed. Four I have my uh, my one pick in so far. It was a yeah. great pick, though. I'm very proud of this one. So um, let's just go over the, our teams really fast, because it won't take very long for me. I have Patrick Mahomes. I had the 101, and that's who I went with. Wow. That um, that took – yeah, that, that was fast. I, I, thought, I thought really hard on that one, um, but I, I went with the quarterback in this one, so I figured that's a I good mean- – set up there and he's the safest play multiple 101s asked me for advice and that's not what i told them to do you took but, cmc yes yeah i just wanted the quarterback there cmc is also a great option as well those are the two choices but pretty i just want everyone pretty much every pick asked me for advice so i had to make every decision not just mine yeah you were the 103 right yes 103 who fell and who fell to you unfortunately i did not get mahomes or mccaffrey uh so i picked kelsey um and then 210, I got Tannehill. Uh, and then a third round reversal. So 310, I got Gibson. And 403, Ridley. So I have one of everything. Kelsey, Tannehill, Gibson, Ridley. I'm very that's, happy. That's a, that. that's a great start. That's it awesome. Is, yeah. Yeah, Tannehill's a great um, QB1 that you have set up there. I mean, Kel- we had the three elite guys we talked about on our show this past few weeks. We talked about Mahomes. CMC and Kelsey are in a tier by themselves. They're the only tier by themselves players. So it makes sense that one, two, and three. Yeah, I was very happy. Um, I, I feel like I had to take Tannehill at 210 because the quarterbacks were starting to dry up. Well, that's, why I was, that's why I was like, Mahomes is the guy I know when to plug in. I know he's not going to give me negative points like at all. What quarterbacks can do in the Scott Fishbowl. If you haven't checked the Scott Fishbowl, it's a bunch that's of crazy true, rules. Yeah. And if your quarterback is not consistent or has a good accuracy rating, he, you can actually get negative points from interception. Tannehill's very that. efficient, though. Yeah, so, no, I, I agree. I think Tannehill's a good pick there. Yeah. yeah no, I, um, so Tannehill was, to give the people an idea, was the quarterback eight selected. Uh, ahead of him were the big five, Mahomes, Allen, Lamar, Kyler, Dak. Though They all went in the first round. And in the second round, ahead of Tannehill went Herbert and Russell Wilson, neither of whom I would have picked ahead of Tannehill. So I, I thought I got a value. I've seen uh, Herbert go as high as the 102 and someone's got fishbowl. Crazy. Which that's, I think is, yeah. That's crazy. I, I wouldn't do that. But not in mine, but like my CMC went to in mine. But I've seen, I've, I've checked out a few. Like Scott Fishbowl is so weird. Every draft's completely different. Yeah, there were some interesting things in mine. I mean, you know, Darren Waller went ahead of George Kittle. That was interesting. Um, let's see. Oh, Austin Eckler, despite it being half PPR, Austin Eckler went ahead of Nick Chubb and Najee Harris. I think that's a terrible mistake. Uh, that that was a very bad pick, especially with the points for first downs. That's a huge yeah. Well, it's more than half PPR. Eckler outside of a full PPR, I'm just not. Well, no, I'm just saying in general. You the running backs get the the ones that run the ball the most get like a big points for receiving first down too. I I understand that, but like I don't think it balances out as much. I think guys like a little bit. 
it's like, it's Kamara is still fine, but he gets a lot of first downs as well. Eckler, I could see being like not as many in that. Yeah, offense. but they were sharp on Kamara. Kamara went behind Henry, behind Cook, so Kamara went yeah. RB five. That's about where we should go. And that's where I would have taken him. Yes, yeah. I would have taken CMC, Cook, Barkley, and Henry before, and that's exactly what happened. So you got a sharp group right there. I mean, we're on pick six uh, right now. So <laughs> sharp in some ways. We have some. We have some big errors. I mean, Devonte Adams was the wide receiver one taken, and the only wide receiver taken in the second round. Not what. Not what I would have done. Um, I would have taken Tyree Kill as the wide receiver one, yeah. and and I wouldn't have taken any wide receiver in the second round uh, in the Scott Fishbowl format. There were some other interesting decisions. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers at the 302 is an interesting gamble. It's interesting if he if he plays that that's actually a pretty good pick. Nothing too. I'm not really looking at it and seeing anything too awful. Uh, Trey Lance went at the 402. I thought that was completely insane. Uh, wow. That, that's wow. I mean, I li- I like the upside of Trey Lance, but Trevor Lawrence was still available. Matthew Stafford was still available. That's that's a little crazy to me. I would take. I, I get planting your flag, and I get like this is my guy that I'm gonna go in on. But like too that's early. early to be planting that flag. Too early. You, you, why, have take, why not? you have to take risks in the Scott Fishbowl or any kind of super league. But well, why not take the risk on like Stafford or Lawrence or even Fields? Yeah. But I think it's gonna start earlier. I just think 402 for Lance. You're you're blowing up any of the value you would have gotten by taking Lance. Yeah, they, I might they, have considered Lance at my like six oh three or something. That's what I was thinking. Like, sixth round is probably the earliest I'd want to. Well, because then there's equity. Then there's yeah. equity if you take him. But at four oh two, there's not that much equity. So yeah, um, interesting. Uh, Mark Andrews I, was. I, I'm interested in to see when the kickers start to come off the board. Oh, uh, like the twelfth like round. I think they um, could be sneaky value in this. Someone got a good value on Kyle Pitts at the four oh nine. That's solid. Yeah, I would have. I mean, I had available to me after taking Kelsey at four uh, one hundred three. I could have taken either Hawkinson or Pitts at four hundred three. I probably would have done it if I hadn't taken Kelsey. But I, uh, since I had, um, I decided to go with Ridley, who I also really like. Yeah, um, ho- hopefully by the time we drop we drop this, people will be listening to what I'm thinking. I think I'm aiming for. And I know I'm not getting the Kittle, the Wallers, because I have the two twelve, three twelve, four hundred one. I'm probably gonna end up with one of the hopefully Hawkinson and Pitts on my turn. That's I mean, Hawk and Pitts were both available in my draft. So, so yeah. you, I mean, you would have had them to choose from. Yeah, uh, I definitely want to. I definitely want to hammer probably a running back at the back end of the second. Whoever, and it should be a good one available for me. And then yeah. best available player and tight end is my plan. Running back, running back went very fast in my draft. Um, I, I assume running back and quarterback go really quick. I just think the injury risk is less on Patrick Mahomes versus CMC, but the ceiling is on CMC. I completely yeah. agree with. So I kind to of went that people, route. To give people an idea, there were 12 running backs taken in the first two rounds of my draft and only one wide receiver. I, I'm, no. not, I'm probably not touching wide receiver to the third at the earliest. Yeah, I, I was, um, I mean, I probably wouldn't, like other receive. Ridley was there at 403, but if it had been even like DK Metcalf, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, who all went later in the round, I probably would have passed on them. And taking someone else, maybe a quarterback. Stafford was available to me at 403. I might have done that. Might have taken, you know, one another tight end. But Ridley, to me, is just a tier above because of the volume. He's a clear one there. And there's just so much. There's no real competition. So I'm I'm crossing my fingers for Najee Harris to fall back to me. That's uh, He wouldn't have been there. In my draft, he went to he would have been sniped. He went two eleven in mine. Well, that's what I mean. I like, so he, 
I think that's around that range he goes, and that's kind of like the one I hope that just like slips back. Yeah, the uh, the Harris, so the, guy, the guy in that draft, your draft, got Mahomes and Harris, uh No, they had Mahomes. Mahomes was one on one. So uh, the Mahomes player has Mahomes, Edward Talaire, Swift, Mark Andrews. I would have rather had a different running back tight end combo, yeah, I, I, but I, I don't, I don't, I, I don't mind that like positional choice. I don't Mark like Andrews the players. Was a mistake. A big mistake. I would have taken uh, Hawkinson or Pitts instead. Oh, yeah, I'm just saying, like, I like the positional choices there. I just don't like the players that were chosen. Yeah, I don't really like any of the picks. Yeah. That, to be honest, I don't, after Mahomes, I actually don't like any of the picks that the 101 made. I don't like Edwards Alaire at 212. I don't like Swift at 312. And Swift at 312 is okay, um, actually. Yeah. I'm but just saying, like, listen, listening, disaster. listening from the, the spot that I'm still waiting for a long time before the way it's looking to probably get. Yeah, closer. you have to wait for a while. I mean, Harris yeah. would be great, but he went as the the RB11 in mine. So, so we'll see know. what happens. I have no idea these people are going to play like. So we'll figure that out when we get there. No, it, there's just no way to know. I mean, I yeah. didn't, I didn't expect, I didn't expect Gibson to be there at 310. I thought he would be long gone. I'd be fine with him at the 212. Like, I'd be cool with that. Yeah, I yeah, I, don't, I mean, I wasn't really considering him over. I take Tampa, him. Over, no. I t- I would take him over Edward Tolaire. Uh, so would I. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like the players I'm hearing about, like when after Edward Tolaire, are all running backs I like more. So like I'll just take those instead. But it's like the positional idea that makes me feel better about going Mahomes round one. Yeah, I. But I, it's possible Tannehill falls to two twelve for you. Like, I know, but yeah, it's. It, I mean, it is just what it is. You got to make your pick, put plant your flag, and. Because you have yeah. no idea what's going to happen. You have no clue. Like, I think if I have to choose, I think I'd rather have, I mean, what running back would you want? I mean, even if you got the one you wanted, Najee Harris, I think I'd still rather have CMC and Tannehill than Mahomes and Harris. I think I'd rather Personally. Mahomes and Harris. I think I'd rather. In this format, I think I'd rather have Mahomes and Harris just because I think – the first down, the running that Harris is going to get will make that difference up. I'm just so high on Tannehill. Yeah. I mean, Tannehill, I mean, I haven't ranked as QB six, but I think Tannehill could as upside to be in this format, close to number one. There'll also be weeks. There'll also be weeks where he doesn't throw the ball very much, which could hurt. That's not so bad in this format. Throwing the ball a lot lot badly is a big problem. Balance you have to make with this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But that's why I don't want, like, what I I wasn't that interested. I don't want Russell Wilson. I don't want people like It's not Russell Wilson. It's really Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow, I was not that interested in Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is going to have a lot of volume, but I'm not sure the accuracy. It wasn't there last year. I'm not sure it's. It's going to be big pump up on the yards and touchdowns, but the completion percentage, you need 66.6 to just break yeah. even. So Burrow was someone I'm... I'd almost be like aiming for guys like Kirk Cousins later on or like Derek Carr. These guys are just like consistent for my QB too. Yeah, I'm hoping, obviously people aren't going to hear this before I come up again, but yeah. Kirk Cousins is still there. And uh, I am hoping at 510, if I can get Cousins as my QB two to pair with Tannehill as QB one, yeah. having already a good running back wide receiver and tight end to lock down the other spots. That would that's be beautiful. Ideal. That's beautiful. I, yeah. I, I'm hoping for cousins. You, you don't, you don't need those flashy ones. You, you now, don't want to win and lose your weeks at this point with, as your QB two. With that said, I do think the winning strategy in Scott Fishbowl is to punt QB two. I don't think you can win taking quarterback quarterback early. The, the winner is going to have someone like Justin Fields in the seventh 
or Trey Lance in the eighth. Like, that's how you're going to win. You're going to get the QB2 out of nowhere like Herbert did last year. I don't think you can win taking QB, QB early because you're just not going to find it at running back or tight end to, in, to make it up. That That's the thing. So unless Cousins falls to me at 5'10", I'll probably just pass and take my chances that I can. Well, I, I agree with that. I'm just saying, like, even like a late guy, like, you fill up your skills positions, you end up with a car as your QB2, that's fine. That's the other way to do it, yeah, is load up and take someone safe late. Or you either get – you have to get it out of either someone safe, but you have to get it out of someone late. If you, yeah. I think QB, QB is going to get annihilated. Oh, no, that, that's, that is – yeah, I think that's the worst strategy for this. I do. Which is weird yeah. to say, but um, yeah. I think it's weird. I think it's lock in QB1, fade QB2. I agree was the the smart strategy and i think a lot of people are doing that in in my draft um nobody went actually no there were two people who went qb qb in the second and third and i i don't like it yeah now that now they're fighting uphill battle other positions and like especially it's a super flex position it's not even a qb2 so you can and in this one if you have a bad accuracy week any skill player can outscore you that's true yeah there there was probably about seven quarterbacks a week last year that scored negative Maybe not that many, but it was there were a significant number each week. That oh, scored. yeah. Every week there were negative scorers. So yeah. we, like Sam Darnold, was negative. He's lot. not even drafted. I wouldn't even draft him. He just not Right. But I, dra- I, I made this mistake last year. I drafted Sam Darnold in the 10th, and I just eventually just cut him because I was like, I cannot play him. I, I'm risking a negative 20. I can't have that. So I literally just cut him. It was a huge mistake. So as much as I would say fade QB2, I would say fade QB3 even more. I don't, don't even bother. Yeah, just lock, it, lock in your two of them that are consistent and then just it's more because in this format, if your QB1 gets injured, you're sunk anyway. You can't win. So yeah, you done. might you're as done. well just assume it's not going to happen because you're not going to win if it does. Correct. That's the best way to go about it. That was a lot of Scott Fish. It's worth it, though, because like Scott Fish is the biggest event in the fantasy football community. Oh, no, I, I, I love it. I love that we're talking about it, but I'm no, going to have a lot more to talk about next week with it when we have more of a team. That's true. Yeah, it's just today is the day it happens. Yeah. So everyone's hyped. But yeah, yeah I, we I'm will. Hyped. I'm sitting here staring at a board of Mahomes and done. Yeah, next week, hopefully, we'll be able to go through our full teams. Um, yeah. that, that'll probably We'll probably do that. Perfect. So not too much news going on besides Scott Fish. No, so we definitely right. started there. Now we're going to move into our divisional breakdown. So we'll be going through the AFC and NFC East today. Every week we're doing two divisions to talk about this, to break it down and go over the players we are focusing on and talking about them in a more cohesive group as a team. You ready, Tyler? I'm ready. Let's go. We're going to learn the basics of division. All right, so we are starting with the AFC East over here, which has been an interesting division over the past few years, especially all the changes going on last year. So where would you like to start, Tyler? Let's start at the top with the Bills. Buffalo Bills. So going through the team, we're going through player by player, position by position. At the top, we are starting with Josh Allen. QB won last year. Not too much to say, but what's your opinion on Allen right now? I like it. I think yeah. I have him ranked QB3 for this year. I think in Dynasty, solid, super flex buy. I have him QB3 in Dynasty as well. I would take him with third overall pick in a super flex draft. I have some concerns, obviously. Like, it's not Mahomes. Mahomes is the only player, really, in Dynasty where I have no concerns. Um, but, you know, it it is what it is. There's going to be concerns with every player. 
he's a locked in super flex first round selection and that's it really yeah i think he's the one he's arguably one or two 103 i, I mean i have at 103 but if you took him over kyler i wouldn't fight go you for it yeah go for it i not, just not I, you can't put him over mahomes he is an anomaly of a player he's the only player we've ever seen change his throwing motion and get that significantly better in the nfl once he's made it there but he just might be the exception to the rule that's the one thing about it and you can't deny what he did period no. so yeah, there's not, nothing else really there's not too much to talk about more on the team so let's go on to the next position the running back room. That's the much more interesting. So the important ones that we were talking about are Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, and kind of Matt Breida. Am I missing anybody? No, I, but you already named two names too many. Um, <laughs> I mean, we have Devin Rosterclogger. We don't want Devin Rosterclogger. That sounds like failure. We, we don't want him. He, that's a lot of failure. I don't want him. Matt Breida, four years of failure. I mean, really, he had a little bit of success, but when it was really time to take a fantasy role, he didn't do that. And Miami, he didn't do anything. So I have no more Matt Breida. It, it's Zach Moss or bust. I mean, it's either going to be Zach Moss makes a year two leap and consolidates the backfield, or it's nobody. And Josh Allen is the goal line back again, and you can just throw them all out. I lean toward it's going to be nobody. But given Zach Moss's current dynasty price, it's a little low. I, I'm okay taking a shot on Zach Moss. What are, you pay, what are you paying for Zach Moss right now? Paying. Um, I mean, he's one of those players that's going to be tough to get, right? I mean, in your standard super flex tight end premium, I'm not giving a first for Moss. I don't think anyone is. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, I would probably give a second for Moss. I, I'm i fine with that. Just looking uh, at where Moss ranks, I mean. I don't want to give look, him a second for him, though, because it could just be, like, completely useless. I feel like the second they get more value. But I'm fine back. with that. I mean, looking at the players I have ranked near Moss, I mean – I mean, I guess Moss might be like literally the last player I would give up a second for because right after him is Corey Davis, and I'm not giving up a second for Corey Davis. Yeah. But right before him, I mean, guys like Chase Edmonds, Ronald Jones, I probably would give up a second for them. So, yeah, it, it's tough. I, I don't know if I really want to do it, though. It's not, not that appealing. I think with Moss, it's more we're talking in a startup. I'm yeah. going to draft Moss onto my team at a value Less so than that, I'm going to go pay for Moss. Devin Singletary and Matt Breida, you can just get rid of. They're irrelevant. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with those guys. I wasn't big on any of them when they first came in as well with Singletary with the biggest thing there. I mean, he had a good, pretty good rookie season. Nothing crazy, but, like, got some hype around him. I think the RB1 still Josh Allen. If you're, like, a zero RB team or you just want some extra depth or things like that, Zach Moss could be an option. But like I said, if anybody's coming out of this backfield, it's going to be Zach Moss. Yeah, but I don't think anybody's coming out of this backfield. I would I would hold my second of trading for him, but I get the idea of like paying him. I try to like I don't. This isn't the backfield I want to talk about much, and I don't no. have much good things to say. The wide receiver room is the most important factor of this one. We have quite the uh, grouping here. So the starters listed are Stefan Diggs, Emmanuel Sanders, and Cole Beasley, but there's also a guy of Gabriel Davis sitting behind there, and a few other guys we can talk about, Isaiah Hodgins, and but I don't think they're anything yeah, important. But main guys are Diggs, Sanders, Beasley, and Gabriel Davis. I'm totally out on Gabriel Davis. I don't want any part of him. Yeah, he, you know, there's just not really been a lot of good news coming out of there. Uh, it doesn't sound like they really like him. I, I'm done with Gabriel Davis. He, he's someone I think, you know, if there are still people who believe in him, take the profit on the fourth rounder for how often the fourth round rookies ever hit, almost never. 
he did more than most ever did last year, but I'm, I'm done. I, I'll just take whatever profit I can get. I, I'd like to get out of Gabriel Davis. So I don't think there's going to be anything. So if you're sending a third over, you just take it right now? I wish that I could do better. Uh, can I, not, you can't even get Corey Davis for a second. How are you thinking? I mean, a single third is the same worthlessness as yeah. that. So I probably wouldn't do it. But if you give me two thirds, I would probably do it. Okay. I'd rather have two chances at something. I mean, Gabriel Davis was an undrafted rookie. He wasn't drafted in almost any league, maybe fifth round pick. He wasn't in the fourth in almost any. So with this wide receiver room that we have going on here, um, Stefan Davis, he's a wide receiver one. You can't really yes. say anything else than but that. But I'm not he's, buying in at this current price. He's, he's, he's inflated, and he's also older than people realize as well. With no, an I injury think people history. do realize how old he is. I mean, he turns 27, he's 27, turns 28 during the season, but... I'm just not interested in buying into Stefan Diggs at his current dynasty price of wide receiver six and 13th overall in one QB or, you know, wherever he is in Superflex. I just didn't take running backs in that range. I'm just going to take a running back. I'm not really that interested in a 27-year-old wide receiver at his price, so I'm good. And the other two guys are significantly older with that one, Emmanuel Sanders and Cole Beasley. So they're yeah, – Stay away. So, I mean, they're, they're decent guys to have on the back of your roster. If you've had them – for a while that you can plug and play every now and then, but that's about all they have. The only value you're not getting to them. They're going to die on your team and they could be like your wide receiver five. So yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah. But so last but not least on this one, then we can move on to the next thing. Dawson Knox. And then we have Jacoby Hollister as another option. No, no, no. We, we don't need this as a in the trash, end. trash dumpster. Ignore them unless they trade for Zacherts. And we can talk about if they trade for Zacherts, when they may or may not trade for Zacherts. But I, I have zero interest in the tight ends currently on the team. N- none. Absolutely none. They can go they're relevant so dawson knox two years of failure i don't want more failure so he can he can go all right let's move on to the next team here let's start going to the miami dolphins so with the dolphins we're going on here quarterback room is down to tua i'm not gonna try the last name because i'm really bad at pronouncing it but there we go thank you tyler for jumping in on that one um we are not fans of tua on this podcast we saw what he did last year and I've actually been talking to a couple people in the past few weeks that are um, nurses and doctors that I just was friends with. They were talking about football. And it's really hard to come back from that hip injury, even though a few years out, right, that's right. the biggest thing. So even though he's like fully healed, it might not be as mobile, as strong or anything, even at full recovery. So another knock against him with that has been talking to people much smarter than me on injuries with that. It is what it is. I I was on Jacob Sanderson's podcast recently. If anyone doesn't know him, give him a follow um, and I prosecuted him for he thought that Tua would be a dynasty QB one. I, I thought otherwise. I I called a witness, witness, uh, Dolphins general manager Chris Greer. Uh, we said that Mr. Greer, under oath, clearly said that he pursued Deshaun Watson during this offseason. He was not committed to Tua. Everything he said in public about his confidence in Tua was one big lie. It was a lie. They wanted to go to Deshaun Watson. That's what they wanted to do. They wanted Deshaun Watson. They're not committed to Tua. They were just stuck with Tua. So they don't want to be committed to Tua. If Tua is bad this year, this is a one. He's in a similar situation to Jalen Hurts. If Tua is bad, they will move on from him and move to someone else. They still have, you know, good draft capital. They don't need to deal with more failure from Tua and his injuries. So I would be looking to get out. I'd be looking to get out. He has little to no fantasy upside at all. I, I'm good. He doesn't run. And now that he hurt his hip, he never will. 
So I'm I'm good. Get get him away from me. I I rank him at quarterback 18, and I think that honestly that could be a little bit generous in dynasty. I have no interest. He was the guy I was fading even when he was coming into the league, especially after an injury, and I didn't see anything that impressed me. Like nothing, nothing at all. He was nothing. worse than Ryan Fitzpatrick when he got the job. He pulled the entire team down in terms of fantasy points. As oh, well, I so. mean, he was so bad that he would have more value if he had played no games. If he had played no games, he would have more value. He what his performance severely hurt his value. He would have been better if he had just sit, sit, sat out completely. And the worst part is that no, Tua is not a running quarterback. He was he didn't run the ball, but like he didn't show any mobility, nothing like what he showed in college. He was well, he, he was couldn't mobile. anymore. I, I think his hips but literally that's part of it. Yeah, that's taken a lot of his mobility. Or even as well, imagine coming in from college. You take a devastating hip injury taking a hit. They're bigger, stronger, faster. Oh, oh yeah. In the NFL. I mean, that's yeah, got to be somewhere in his mind. You know? Oh, it is. I, yeah, I mean, imagine every linebacker is huge. I mean, every linebacker is super athletic. They would have been the most athletic player on the field in college. I mean, it's players in the NFL. So, yeah, I, I have no interest. And if you don't run, if you don't run as a quarterback, you're not going to be a quarterback one. You're just not. You have to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. And two is not You have that. to be one of the best quarterbacks ever. And two was not that. I mean, that's clearly, he was not that. So, no thank you. I am so out. Sell your two is. So no. moving on to the running back room. This is an interesting room we have going on here. We have on the list all of them. Miles Gaston, Savon Ottman, Malcolm Brown, and my sneaky buy is the Jared Dokes that you get for nothing. Because I think any of them could win the job. It's definitely Gaskin at the front of the line, by far. No, there's no winning the job. Gaskin won the job already. This this isn't a winning the job. Gaskin's going to be the week one starter. The problem is that... Gaskin is like one injury away or two bad games away from losing the job. It, so he could lose the job at any time. And then I do agree that it would be, I think it would be dokes that we would want out yeah. of the others. But unfortunately, I think that Malcolm Brown is going to see the field no matter what and be one of those guys that gets in our way, even though we don't want him. Yeah, no matter who it is, he's going to what he's guy. always been, by the he way. He was that guy in oh, at L.A. where he's yes, just like, he was. get enough carries that's annoying, or get the goal line carry where he's annoying. So it's just like, there's nothing crazy here, but, I mean, Gaskin has the job. I would still be trying to sell Gaskin. I, or, yeah. You can't get anything, though. Nobody wants to buy him. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. And even if you do sell him, if you're wrong, you miss out on a lot of points, which is like, Gaskin is a hard hold for me because just nobody wants him. Nobody yeah, so, wants him. So the sell price there. isn't there. I think. Would you, sell him for two, would you sell him for a second and a third? No. Two seconds? That's what I mean. That's that's the line, and it's really tough. No. You'd hold him just to the upside? Yes. Because he was, he was that good on the field? Yes. He was. I mean, just saying, that's the thing about it. So, two I mean. Is, uh, two seconds is not enough. I mean, I, I rank Gaskin. In Superflex, right around, like, Jameis Winston, Tyler Lockett, yeah, Odell Beckham, Michael Pittman. I'm not giving any of those guys up for two seconds. So, no. Maybe Pittman, but... Not for me. But, um, yeah, everyone else I agree with him. It's just a weird buy and a weird sell. But, like, if you can get a first, I, I take a first. I, I would love to take a first, but no competent I mean. opponent is giving you that. Correct. That's the downside of all that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about, but keep an eye on that backfield again. I like buying Jared Doe because he's on every one of my ch- um, dynasty Yeah, I teams. like it too. He's Check your waivers. He Solomon might still Ahmed be out there. Also not a bad – he shouldn't be on waivers either. 
I don't think the thing is, I, in all my leagues, Ahmed Brown were all already picked up. Or, they were, yeah, they were. On so us. they were picked up last year and they're stashed. Dokes was the one that could have fell through your rookie drafts and Possible. still could be sitting there. And at worst, you're what your twenty fifth roster spot or your taxi. So. Dokes has the highest ADP of the three, though. So now he does. Oh, it's, he does. Yeah. So but, who knows? But they're close. But anyway, let's it's not. It's about. not bad stashing any of them though, because yeah, how late they go. Who knows though? It's it, this is all speculation. Let's move on to receivers. That's interesting. This is the fun receivers. part of it all. So yeah. list of receivers we got going on here. I'm just gonna list the three main ones because Preston Williams is dead. Preston Williams is done. Yeah. Uh, Devonte Parker, Will Fuller, who is suspended right now, Jalen Waddle. Well, you listed them in reverse order. I I'm mean, just, I just listed them off. Yeah, by, I, mean, I go Jaylen by their Waddell. depth chart right now. Well, their so, depth chart is is stupid. Jalen Waddle is the one. Uh, Will Fuller's the two, and Devonte Parker is the irrelevant. Yeah, uh, Devonte Parker people, was a great story. He just lost all of his value last year. Oh, no, he has no value. He has no value. He's a roster clogger. Twenty eight years old. We don't want roster clogger. We have five and a half years of failure and like eight games of success. That that we don't want that. So and enough of Devonte Parker. He's gonna do something on the field, but I don't want him. Not enough doing anything. The other two guys are interesting. They will have to outperform in spite of their quarterback, but these guys are explosive enough where I think they can between the Waddle and the Fuller. And I like Jalen Waddle a good amount. I, I, too. Yeah. I know early before the draft season, before the high draft capital, you were a little out on Waddle, but I think draft capital makes the biggest difference there. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. When you're drafted at the sixth overall pick, you're drafted to be the number one receiving weapon on your team. That's you, anything less is failure. I mean, anything less is failure. I mean, Corey Davis was drafted fifth overall a few years ago. He's failure. I mean, it's failure. So, yeah, he, he if he's not the number one weapon on the team, then the Dolphins would consider Jalen Waddle a failure. So that's what he needs to be to pay off. Yeah, I think Waddle's great. I think he was a good value at the back end of your super flex traps. It was, he was going around that 111, 112 range. It was him and Devontae. You can't Smith, buy him, it? though. I mean, you can't you buy can't, You can't buy these yeah. guys. None of these guys you're buying. Um, but... I think Waddle's someone good in a startup. If you're doing a startup, he's he's someone who's ended up with my Patreon, the ones I'm walking people through. He's ended up on a lot of my teams. Fuller too. Fuller too has come at a decent value. He slips. Just he slips because the- people are worried about Tua. But Fuller's on a one-year deal anyway. Yeah, he can go anywhere else, and he's suspended this for the beginning part of the season. Yeah, I don't too. think that they're going to retain. They're going to have to choose after this year between Fuller and Parker. I mean, and Fuller Parker's going to be but... cheaper. So. Yeah. They might draft someone else and roll with Waddle someone else in Parker. They also have to pay Gasicki. I don't think they're going to pay Gasicki. We'll talk about that right now. So, let's talk about so Mike Gasicki and Hunter Long is, I think, the dark horse in this one. That's the, the rookie drafted this past year. Gasicki, very explosive player, but hasn't done it on the field yet. I think he just, has, though. He, he's flashed, but he's not consistently on the field. I like Gasicki a lot. I think he's a great receiving tight end. I just think he... Had so much quarterback issues through and throughout. He's very good, but I think he's gonna be better on his next team. So I, I don't think he's gonna be better. I mean, like, why would he be better, right? I don't. I don't I think know. He has more potential. Yeah. I, I mean, I like him as a guy to get in my startups right now, just to have as my second or third tight end because I think he's gonna go up in value and move to a new team. Hunter Long is a nice guy. I think to have the back end of your roster or your taxi squad because he's gonna be the guy starting next year. They're not gonna pay Gasecki, in my opinion. I think they might pay Gasecki because I don't think Gasecki's very good. He's okay. Gasecki is what he is, but like, I don't know. I I don't want him either way. I I'm not interested in Gasecki. Okay, fair enough. I mean, 
I, I like Gusecki for his upside there, but like, I like the athletic tight ends if I'm taking shots on guys. I mean, he's not expensive by any means, so I think he's a good startup eyeball. But again, not, I would ideally not have him as my tight end one. No, I don't want him as my tight end one. We, we've talked about this on the last show that we have our group of tight ends, and it stops at probably Logan Thomas. For this guy, year, yeah. For but... this year. But in Dynasty, it stops much sooner. And I don't want Mike Gusecki at all. I, I think that he is just meh. All right. Difference of opinion on that one. But anything more you want to talk about the Dolphins here? No. I mean, the Dolphins are in a lot of flux, right? I mean, the, the team that they have now, really, the only thing that they're committed to, they're committed to Jalen Waddle, and that's it. Not committed to two and not committed to the running backs. They're not committed to Fuller because it's a one-year deal. They're not committed to Parker. They can get out of his contract after this year. Gesicki's an impending free agent. So other than Fuller, and I guess Hunter Long is going to be there, um, they're not really committed to anything or anyone else at all. So just keep that in mind when you're investing in the Dolphins. 2022 could be a completely different team. Completely different at every position. Which could be a good thing. Could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. You, you don't know. Different, different can go either way. The only player I'm really looking at is Jalen Waddle, and I like Gusecki just in general as someone to put on my roster. But yeah, that's, that's about it. So moving on, this would be a quick one. New England Patriots. Mm. How about no? How about no? <laughs> that's no, the, that's the, the list of players. We got to go through this, though. Let's start with the quarterback position. We have Cam Newton as the current starter and no. Mac Daddy Jones. Sitting no, there. we don't want Cam Newton. We don't want more. We, we don't want any part of Cam Newton. I, we not, talked enough about Cam Newton. I, yeah. I talked enough about Cam Newton, how Cam Newton is washed. Cam Newton is cooked. Cam Newton is done. If you watch even five minutes of last year's Cam Newton, you would see that that guy should be retired. He cannot play quarterback in the NFL. Maybe he would have some success as some sort of running back. That, that he might be able to do. But Put actually throwing back. the ball, he cannot throw the ball anymore. So enough of him. Uh, he's finished. Um, so Mac Jones. Yeah. Taking the first round this past year. One uh, of the more polarizing players. I, Who knows? I, he has no upside. He doesn't run. I mean, in a 1QB, basically, you can just not draft him. You cannot not draft him. He's irrelevant. You'll never start him. In a super flex, I mean, you need QB2s. So, But his career upside, if he hits, is what? Kirk Cousins? That's about what I was gonna, that was the name I was looking at. Is Kirk Cousins? That's it. Now, now let's. And Cousins it. runs a little bit though. Cousins, Cousins like sneaky. Cousins gets, does like, not run. Cousins he gets, runs he not gets, at all. He gets a sneaky amount of like rushing touchdowns, like that, a couple of years. Not has nothing to do with. Cousins. I'm not saying he runs the ball. I'm saying like Cousins, he just, is, like, Cousins is not. Mac Jones is probably more athletic than Cousins, but that's bold to say. Have you seen Mac Jones? Yes, Mac Jones looks more. Mac Jones is weird because he doesn't run despite being like a relatively athletic person it's, it's kind of odd but anyway that's not really the point mac jones is what he is and i'm just not that excited i'm not that excited i mean it's kind of the same reason why i'm not that excited wasn't that excited about tua except it's even worse because mac jones's college profile was way worse i mean there was one year there and that's it one year to go on nothing else tua had multiple years so, yeah, I got to tell you, I'm really not that interested in Mac Jones. It's, yeah, it, it is what it is. His weapons aren't even that good at all. He's got- oh, his weapons suck. I mean, I'm not interested in him for this year. I mean, forget that. 
but just in super how flag, much better is going to get in the next few years though i don't like, know going, that's the thing so it's like i mean he went around with the one the, the 110 and superflex drafts he went before waddle and smith and it's debatable to say. but i would still do that but he was a value but now in startups for some reason his adp has climbed and now i'm not interested well, i think people finally realized cam is washed and it took them yeah, forever to realize that happened, but now i'm not interested in mac jones at all not at his new adp yeah i agree so moving on the running back room, there's a lot of guys, but it's a lot of nothing really. Uh, Damian Harris, I, I think it's a lot of nothing. I mean, I like Damian Harris; he's the top guy. But then there's Sony Michelle, king of failure. No, no, we Sony have Michelle is disaster. Yeah, we don't James White came back, getting in the way. Yeah, we, that's just what we <laughs> Annoy, need. Just annoying enough. And then Ramondre Stevenson is that big mm. um, Legarrette Blunt potential back. I like Ramondre Stevenson. Do you? I okay. do. As the same role I was talking about, or just like in general. I like him. I mean, he's apparently showing receiving upside. At, Shut up. You yeah. have James White. I don't want to hear it. No, no. You're I'll not, put, you're not taking James I'll White to throw the ball I, I'm interested. I'll hear it. I'm interested at his current price. Well, he's, he's one of those guys that's essentially free. Yeah, I'll take that all day. Uh, I'm or, interested. I'm interested. Yeah. I think that Ramondre Stevenson will surprise people. Damon Harris, I think, is the top guy. I think he's the most important guy yeah, in this running back room. By far, but I don't really want it. it. I would like him more if they named Mac Jones the starter. Oh well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's yeah. someone I wouldn't mind as my like RB three to Harris five. RB thirty four in Dynasty though, that's too low. I, I like that's that. That's I mean, he's the value of this yeah. one inside of the first starting running back. Value, though. So I think what Stevenson's also a value. Those are the two guys I'd be looking. At. I don't want to both values. It's weird. I don't. Yeah, but I'd be fine with either one of them. It's the People same thing. Aren't like the past Cam. That's what's going on. Well, they, they should. It's Dynasty, but... Well, yeah, but that's why the prices are so low because they're right. not looking past camp. So I, that's why I think they're both values. Nothing to do with them. Yeah. So those are the good value guys to get for your lineup. That's really important to get. Those guys are very important, especially with running back injuries are going to happen. You yeah. want to have these guys you can plug in for those value spots. So they're I'd be looking for Damon Harris or Mondre Stevenson in your startups as a cheap value. Don't reach for them. Take them at their current value. Yeah, I would. Oh, the wide receivers. No, no, we're not talking about the wide. We're not talking about Nelson failure. Uh, All right, I'm going to list them off really fast. Uh, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Nikhil Harry. Jacoby Myers is the only one that's meh. Everyone else I don't want anything to do with. I don't want Jacoby Myers either. Not at his current price. Too high. So so that's enough about them. There's nothing I want to say. No, I want none of them. I won't be taking any of them on any teams ever. I'm correct. Pass uh, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith ruined their fantasy values by both going to the team. Yeah, completely. So they, they, they're not going to be fighting for targets each other. They're not terrible grabs, but they're too high in their ADP right now to want to take them because they only have upside if one of them gets hurt and you have to have the right one. That's true. I am not interested. So that's enough of those guys. I don't think we need to talk about them anymore unless you have something you want to say. No, I'm not interested in those tight ends at all. I'll take other tight ends. I'd, I'd rather go earlier or later. Like, yeah, I could have I could have Austin Hooper four rounds later than Hunter Henry. That's such that, a that's, that makes no sense. I don't even like Hooper, but like that's no, I don't so like much. Hooper. But, but Hooper's still going to get Hooper and Hunter more. Henry the same age. Hooper's produced actually more, I believe, in the NFL more track record of production. Hooper is a clear tight end one on his team with a better quarterback. Like I get it, but Hunter Henry and John Smith, I'm never taking them at their current price. Never. Moving on, New York Jets, another team that shouldn't take too, too long to talk about. Zach Wilson, rookie quarterback coming in. 
making a start for the Jets. They moved on from Sam Darnold. What do you think about Zach Wilson? Uh, I mean, I like him at his current price. He's probably my biggest quarterback buy in Dynasty. I, what's, I, the, what's the current price in ADP? Uh, his current ADP is 53 and a half. That's Mac not bad. Jones is 60.75. I think that that gap is way too small. I yeah, they're, they're, they're completely different. I think Zach Wilson's a better player. Rounds, multiple yeah. rounds, like two and a half rounds between the two, not seven picks. So, yeah, um, Zach Wilson is a massive buy for me. I, I would love to buy him right now. Well, at least he has uh, weapons, too. Like, they're not the best in the world, but he has, he has good weapons. I'm very interested in Zach Wilson. All the camp reports about him have been positive. It's not like Mac Jones where it's been a mixed bag. Some we good, some we saw him at like the pro day and then we all the other stuff that he was doing. He was doing well. I'm very interested. He's currently my dynasty quarterback 15. And how high do you think he can end up being? Let's see. He has a couple good years. Top five. Okay. That's something that's, that's a unequivocal big... answer. Yeah. I mean, Justin Herbert did it right. I mean, for a lot of people, Justin Herbert did it. No one liked Justin Herbert as a prospect. He people went actually like Zach Wilson. So it's a big thing there. I would say that the opinion of the two is similar. But Zach Wilson went higher in the draft. I probably preferred Zach Wilson as a prospect to Justin Herbert. I agree with that one. Well, I think well, it's close. They're no, no, it's, it's debatable. Yeah, if they came out in the same year, you it would be, be debatable. If one, it would be debatable. But we just saw someone who was sort of disliked do the same jump. So I would say top five is possible. All right. Moving on to the running back room. This is a mess of a room, but there's Not I really. think this is more. We have Tevin Coleman, Ty Johnson, Michael Carter, LaMichael P. Ryan. No, we don't want we don't want any of those other guys. I mean, Michael Carter is the only one that I'm interested in. Yeah, Michael Carter, I think, is really good. I think he's going to end up winning the job. Or it's going to be like he's, already won the job. he's already won the job. We're going to see some annoying Tevin Coleman throughout the year. No, we but... won't. No, we won't. It's going to be the same thing that happened in San Francisco. Two minutes of Tevin Coleman. No, no, no. Get, get, get back to the bench. Back to the bench. You suck. Everyone else succeeds in this offense but you. So it's time for you to go back to the bench, Tevin Coleman. Every, literally everyone else is good except for you. So, no, we're, we're going to see, like, a couple plays of Tevin Coleman. I, I think it's actually Ty Johnson who is the most likely to spell Carter, uh, given what we've been hearing about how much they like Johnson. They clearly hate P. Ryan. This, this new Jets coaching staff is very much against everyone they inherited. inherited. They're against P. Ryan. They don't like P. Ryan. They don't like Mims. They don't like Herndon. Those three are the big, like, three players that they inherited. Plus, they already traded Darnold away. But th those three, P. Ryan, Mims, Herndon, they're, they don't they, want yeah, the They're, they're clean slating that whole team. That's the yeah, they're clean slating it. So no interest in P. Ryan at all. Um, I would take Johnson as the stash over Coleman, but Carter's the guy. Yeah, Carter's I think Carter's the one. Exactly fairly, by the way. Carter, yeah, Carter has been climbing up recently though he's been well i mean he's ranked 84 in adp and i rank him in my one qb exactly 84 so i think he's priced exactly spot on yeah, the biggest thing on that one you missed a good value drop when you in the first drafts were going on but yeah that's going to happen you, can, you can't be mad at, you can't be mad at what happens no it's the campus that raised him yeah. it's the campus that raised him and specifically negativity around p ryan that made me more confident in carter yeah, it's definitely an offense where a running back can perform. It just got to find why one not? guy. Yeah, why couldn't a running back perform? There's no reason why. Yeah, yeah totally could perform. I mean, you want to say, you want to talk bad about the Jets, but realistically, they've got a good run blocking team. This is different Jets. I, I mean, I know, but like it's it's hard to like break that preconceived notion. Inside yeah, yeah. Well, I'm that's why I'm buying in on Zach Wilson and Carter somewhat. 
wide receivers now we have mm. quite a plethora of players Corey davis denzel mims jameson crowder elijah moore and we'll just throw keelan cole in there because he's getting some decent camp talk but um yeah five players inside of that the ones i like the best are probably elijah moore of course yeah or someone to buy and then crowder and davis i'm fine with but like and then I'm, i've been out on mims for a while i'm not a fan well of i don't okay davis is easy davis is what he is guess what Davis, ADP 104, my rankings 104. So you can see Davis is what he is. He's going to be the number nominal number one target on the team this year. He is what he is. Not much to say about him. He, he exists. Um, Elijah Moore, I think, is a great value now that Crowder was uh, restructured. I would go buy Elijah Moore if, there, if there's a dip in his price. I completely agree. Yeah, he's um, a one-year one wait probably or an injury away. But I think he's going to be a great player for that team. I don't think Crowder I'm makes fine it with that. Yeah, yeah, fine with that. Unfortunately, because Crowder restructured, no interest in Crowder, no interest in Mims. Mims is done. I mean, Mims is taking reps like with sixth wide receiver. So I don't. I, I think he's finished. I would get him off your team completely. I think he's. We're going to see like inactive games from Mims. I. You know, we talk about not wanting to take a third for Gabriel Davis earlier. Give me a third for Mims. I'm just done. I'm just done. Get, get him off my team. I don't want him. And unfortunately, Crowder, I think, had a chance to have value, but not now. Not now that he's back here. He's at best the two. And I think that he's quickly going to be the three behind Davis and Moore. So, because Davis is a clear one at, for now. Yeah, he's the number one. They paid him to be that player. He's right, the outside guy. Crowder as the two in with rookie. I, I like it long term, but not this year. And this year's all we care about with an aging player like Crowder. So I'm no interest in Crowder. And because Crowder restructured, no interest in Mims or not Mims as well, but no interest in Cole. As I think well. Crowder actually helps Wilson. Wilson doesn't help Crowder. No, Crowder being there hurts him because if he had gone, so there were places he could have gone. Well, no, I'm just saying it elevates wilson a little bit more because he that's has correct. that safety blanket that's what i mean by this that's correct yes it does i like wilson more with the crowder restructure but crowder i wanted him to leave so yeah. him staying killed his value completely and the tight ends don't matter but we'll talk about chris herndon tyler croft mm -hmm. and ryan griffin we'll not talk about chris herndon because chris herndon was taking reps behind tyler croft and ryan griffin we don't want taking a reps behind tyler croft and ryan griffin herndon is finished you know, same story as Knox. Just get Herndon off your team. He's irrelevant, completely irrelevant. And I actually think there's an outside chance that Chris Herndon could be released before the start of the season. They just absolutely hate him. So I think he's worthless, completely. All right. Well, that's enough of the AFC East. So let's jump over the NFC East now because this is where things are to get a little more exciting. A little bit, yeah. So we're going to start off with the Dallas Cowboys going to the top of this one. So Dakota Prescott. Dakota Rain. So we are huge advocates of Dak Prescott on this one. I think we both have him inside our, our uh, top five. Yes, we do. Quarterbacks for Dynasty. Where do you have him currently ranked? Four. Four. Okay, we both have him at four then. Perfect. I'm there. I think he's going to have a great year. Before the injury, he was throwing for massive amounts of yards yep. every single week. He was the quarterback one in the time frame. And you can't really say anything about it. All the weapons are back. He actually gets another tight end back. They paid him, so I'm not worried with injury. What more can I really say on that one? Nothing. There's nothing else to say about Dak. He's a locked-in high-end QB1. All right. We're just going to move on to the next part. We're talking about the running back room. High-end running back. 
We have Ezekiel Elliott, but a little bit aging of a player, had a little bit down part of the season. And then we'll talk about Tony Pollard a little bit as a, as one of those high quality handcuffs as well. Where do you see Zeke right now? Because he has such a fluctuation of value across startups and across trades. Of the aging running backs, Zeke is the best value because uh, he's coming lower. <laughs> uh, guys like Chubb and Henry are higher. And I don't think they should be that different. Um, so, yeah, Zeke is the best value, but I'm probably still not drafting him because in startups, he's going ahead of Najee Harris, going ahead of Dobbins, he's going ahead of Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I'm probably just not doing any of that. So I won't get Zeke. But I'd rather have Zeke at his price than Chubb at his. I agree. I think that's one of the biggest things there. I mean, I'm taking the other guys above him as well, but if you see that value spot... I wouldn't be opposed. You know, like I'm fading because of his age. I would just draft a good amount of other players over him, but I'm not, he's not off my board. I'll never have him, but you know, there's value somewhere. I mean, don't say never. If you do enough startups, you'll find him in the third. Unlikely. Or then, but just the way I very, draft, it's unlikely. Not very often is that happening. Tony Pollard is an interesting one. We saw what he can do on limited snaps, limited play. Do you think he gets any kind of a bump up this year in terms of his playing? No. Even with the extra game? No. I think he is what it is. I think he is what he is. Yeah, I do. I do think he's one of the strongest handcuffs to have, even if you have Zeke or have someone else from Zeke, just because if Zeke goes down, Pollard's getting the workload. It's interesting, actually, really. I mean, what would happen if just, say, for example, Pollard was really, really good, and he just happened to be drafted to this team? Is it possible he could go somewhere else and be really good? It's happened before, but it's rare. I mean, who's the last one really to do it? Michael Turner? behind LT. I mean, that's like the last one. Like he a is, lot of the guys he is missing out a lot of his best years. Right. And a lot of the guys we've thought are going to do this, Kevin Coleman, uh, have not lived up to the expectations when they go to the second team. So it usually doesn't work out. I'm good passing on Pollard. Like I said, I'm not really looking to get him, but I wouldn't mind having him. It's kind of one of those things that we're going His on. ADP is just too high. I'm good passing. Yeah. Him. There's other guys that like in that range, but again, Keep an eye on him. Put him in your queue. And if it falls far enough, he's not a bad pickup. He's not so, bad, no. Moving on to the wide receivers. This is where we get fun. Amari Cooper, Michael Gallup, and C.D. Lamb. C.D. Lamb being the highest of all three in terms of ADP and Dynasty and the highest ranked in terms of Dynasty. But I don't think he's going to be the number one player scored points on this team in terms of wide receivers here. I think Amari Cooper is going to outscore him. But based on age and based on ability, C.D. is ranked much higher in my Dynasty rankings. CD's a value. Even at wide receiver seven, he's a value. Uh, wide receiver seven, 19th overall, he's a value. So give me CD Lamb. I think Amari Cooper's a good value as well. I think he's one of the best players that you can have. Where, where is he taking ADP right now? Uh, wide receiver 18, 45th overall. Yeah, that's great. I think he's going to be a wide receiver one this year. So I think he's going to be a good value. He's, he's not that old. I think it's all dependent. We saw them move our someone with Dak Prescott. I think that's going to be what we're going to see more of with that. Michael Gallup is a more interesting one because there was a bunch of talk last year about he's going to do as well as Amari Cooper, be as yeah. good as anyone else, and Oops. he fell way down the pecking order. And he was getting like hyper targeted a good amount, but just wasn't there. So, what's your opinion on Gallup right now? He's a value <laughs> at wide receiver forty nine. He's a value. I haven't ranked higher than that in redraft, so he's about I mean, he finished higher than that last year. As 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 of Fortnite, I like him, especially if he goes to a different team, which we assume is going to happen very soon. As of like what next year, I think he can be 
Well, next year he's a free agent, and there's just yeah. no way they can afford him. That's what I mean. That's a, next year to be on a different team where you can be the two or be the one. That's something that could con- like conceivably happen with I a mean, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup was the wide receiver 38 last year. Not as bad as some people think. No, I, don't, I think it was good. I just think it's just like with all the targets he got, what, what was it? I think they put too much expectation on him yeah. because of how well he did. And then CD came and no one adjusted their rankings for some reason because he's a CD's value, that good. Though. He's still only 25. I want all these wide receivers not on the same team, just like in general. If I like build my teams, just the Amari would be the one I would pass on, but I have them all ranked above their ADP. But not, not too much more to say. Very solid team. We talk about the tight ends really quick Blake Jarwin, Dalton Schultz. Interesting nah. combination there, but I think it was two of them there, one coming off an injury. Nothing I'm really am writing home about. Blake Jarman had a bunch of hype last year pre-injury, but I think Dalton Schultz did well enough to be a thorn in the side. I'm only interested in Schultz um, at his ADP of 260th overall versus Jarwin at 175. I have zero interest in Jarwin, only interested in Schultz. So Dar- Jarwin's too expensive. Schultz, Schultz, I'll take a shot on Schultz with one of my final picks if, if necessary, but no interest in Jarwin. Yeah, there's a good shot that Schultz just gets more um, targets next year. Like, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I think Schultz, everyone still wants to be in on Blake Jarwin, but I don't, I think that ship has sailed. Schultz did more last year than Jarwin's done in his career. So just keep that in mind. Schultz is younger than Jarwin. Yeah, but they paid Jarwin too. So it's kind of when they put the Yeah, money. but I mean, they paid him, and one of the big years that they paid him for, Jarwin sat out with an ACL out, injured. So, and I don't see him. I, I, again, ACL injuries usually have some soft tissue issues the next year. And he wasn't that great beforehand. So, so I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just not interested. Moving on to your team now, the huh. New York Football Giants. Yes. Um, this is gonna be a fun one to talk about and get your opinions on this one. Especially when we get to those wide receivers. We'll start off with the quarterback. We have Daniel Jones. I'll, I'll give you the floor, Tyler. He's a value. At quarterback 25, I mean, he's a value. I would like to have him at quarterback 25 because he runs the ball. He runs the ball. That's that's the thing. He runs the ball. Unlike other players in this range, like Tom Brady. <laughs> I don't understand that one. Uh, Sam Darnold, Derek Carr. Like Daniel Jones runs the ball, so he has more upside. So I would like to have Daniel Jones at quarterback 25. I'm completely fine with that. He would be my ideal quarterback three. I'm in Superflex. I have Daniel Jones as my quarterback three. I'd be very happy. Yeah, as a QB three, that's a great spot for him. I mean, well, QB two is yeah. kind of weird, but he's getting drafted as a QB three being 25. That's literally I would like him as my QB three. As that spot, because there's the upside where he can just break off a run and there's a bunch of points like, for you. He's you not know, a guy you want for your Scott Fishbowl team, though. That no, 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 no. He's so inaccurate. But in regular Dynasty, where the rushing is really what you want, I would like to have him. Moving on to running back, the only one of note is Saquon Barkley coming off an injury from last year. Barkley lost value just by not being there. So what's your opinion on Barkley? I'm fine with him. He's RB3, which is where I have him behind McCaffrey and Taylor. Where do you have him in terms of, like, if you're doing a draft right now, what other players would you be drafting around him? Or is there anything crazy you have over him? Um, I mean, he's behind all the quarterbacks in Superflex, and he's also behind Justin Jefferson. Okay, so you have the one wide receiver above him. One wide receiver. Yeah, I think that's about right. I mean, not too much you can say. There's some debatable talk there, but he's got to stay on the field. That's the 
That would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice if he actually did that. But, you know, it is what it is. It's the kind of thing where it feels weird because he's so risky to take him that high with all the injuries, but... It, it's still Saquon Barkley. Like when he yeah. came out, he just came with a, uh, a blaze of players glory. Have, players have risk. I mean, you get to risk very quickly. There's very well, few, especially like, the running back position, taking all that, the, all those hits, taking all the wear and tear. Yeah. So, I mean, get, I'm, I I love Saquon. I mean, I take him all day at that spot. I think running back three is exactly where he should be as well. So moving on to the wide receivers, this is going to be a fun one to talk about. So we have Kenny Galladay, Sterling Shepard, Darius Slayton are the current listed starters. Behind them are is Kadarius Tony, your first round pick, and then I'll just say John Rosh and Dante Pettis exist, but they're yeah, not they, anything they for don't exist. The, the the land of missed potential, missed opportunity. So Kenny Galladay is another one of those players. He exists. He he's there. He was actually the subject of an article that I wrote about players that exist. I mean, he exists. He's wide receiver, twenty three in startups. I'm fine with that. He's 27 years old, older than people think, but maybe some people have realized that, that he'll turn 28 during the season. He's there. He's probably going to give you some sort of wide receiver two production this year. He's a clear number one receiving weapon on the team. He's not that exciting. He's not going to be a wide receiver one. So it is what it is, right? He's, I mean, he's a high end two, but at the same time, he's a little bit older. He's just, he is he's what he is. Probably, he's probably not taking. I'm probably not going to be getting him in a lot of. I'm leagues. fine with taking him at his price, just given who else is around there. But I, I feel like someone always wants him more than me, though. That's why I've been noticing in drafts. Yeah, but his ADP doesn't say so. Like to me, he's very similar to Mike Evans, but Mike Evans goes a round and a half earlier. So no, thank you on Mike Evans, and I'd rather have Galladay at the prices, but still. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I'd rather have, if a round and a half is the difference between Evans and Galladay, I don't see their point totals being that much or their career arc being that different no, going not, forward. Not from not from here on out. Yeah, correct. The way going forward with everything. Yeah, that. people always get obsessed about the past, but it's not the past that we care about. It doesn't mean anymore. It doesn't mean anything at this point. It it's it's awesome. Yeah. You, can, you can look to it and see what they've done and understand that, but you got to project the future of what they're going to be. And these are, again, not to talk too much about Mike Evans, we'll talk about that on a different show, but these big body receivers their career length is not as long as other receivers. And in the same mold. Correct. So That's what I mean. It, it is concerning. Um, but at his value, he's about appropriately priced. Evan Ingram is really the only time to note on this team. And I, I, Sir, Sir Drops a Lot is uh, what I like to call him. So what's your uh, what's your Evan Ingram? I know you, I like, you, think he's, you go back and forth on him so much, Tyler. It's so funny. I don't think I go about. back and forth on him. Do you think he's like a value and then you're just like annoyed when you draft him kind well, of thing? Well, that's like... because his ADP fluctuates. Yeah. Uh, right now, I think it's about right. So, what's he going right now? Right now, 119 overall and one QB tight end 12. I think that's about right. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, it's... I mean, he he does have the upside to be a receiving tight end. Do I trust him? No, by any means. But it wouldn't surprise me if he finished higher than tight end 12. Yeah, I, I'm just not very interested. But, yeah. you know, there's over a round gap between Mike Kosicki and Evan Ingram, and I think they're almost exactly the same. Oh, I, think so, that, I, I think they're pretty so good. So give me that. Ingram. I mean, if, if, if I have that choice... Of a round later, I would take Ingram over Gasecki, and I yeah. like Gasecki. It's just, it's just, it's hard to get excited about Ingram after what we've I seen. Just, I mean, Sterling Shepard's not going away. Not that we're going to be able to use him. Darius Slayton yeah. is still there. I mean, Darius Tony is still there. I just, I think that it's going to be Barkley, Galladay, and you don't want anyone else. 
I agree with that. Moving on to a polarizing team we have going on is the Philadelphia Eagles. Starting off with the quarterback, Jalen Hurts. Such a good play this year. I just have no idea where it's going to go after that. Yeah, I mean, he's quarterback three and super, quarterback 13 in Superflex. I'm not interested at quarterback 13. That's too high it's too for much me. Of a, it's too much of a risk. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he, like, wins the job and, like, gets it. But, like, there's an entire world where he is not a starting quarterback next year. Right. Now, if I'm choosing between Hurts and Tua, I'd rather have Hurts because I think that Hurts could provide us fantasy value this year, whereas I think Tua is going to be utterly useless and, by those prices, yeah, I mean, that's, I think fantasy. two is, two is well, nothing. Tua, I mean, Hertz is going ahead of Tua in in Superflex ADP right now, and you know, I you know whatever, but I still don't want Hertz at quarterback thirteen, and I just think that that's a gamble, a gamble I'm not willing to take. I mean, older players, yes, they're older, but in you care about longevity with quarterbacks, and Matthew Stafford, Ryan Tannehill are both available behind. Okay. All, all day, day. yeah. I think those guys have two locked-in years and really close to three locked-in years as starters remaining. And Hertz has one, so give, yeah. give me the older guys. I, I get the upside is there. The age exists, but like with quarterbacks, age is a little bit more relevant to an extent, just because their career arcs are so long. You want more stability in the quarterback room. Yeah, but I just I'm not a big fan of Hertz. Neither am I. So you're preaching the choir on that one. He's a guy who was like moving around in a lot of leagues to get guys like Stafford plus. Yeah, I would love to do that. Th things like that, what I was doing in a good chunk of them early in the offseason. So moving on to the running back room, we have really just one guy to talk about, um, Miles Sanders. But behind him is also Boston Scott's on Johnson, Kenneth Gainwell, and the ghost of Jordan Howard all existing. I don't think they're all going to make the team. I think Miles Sanders is the main back, but I think Boston Scott and Gainwell – are going to get some passing work and carry on and Jordan Howard are fighting for whatever scraps or what left on practice squad. Miles Sanders is so bad, man. I mean, I, I watched this video. It was supposed to be a video of the Eagles receiving drops, but I just, every time they pass the ball to Sanders it was another drop. Another well, bad That's what drop. I mean. That's why like the passing down work is actually important behind I him. Mean, the dude is just not it. I I'm so out. I have no interest in Miles Sanders at his current price, which is, I believe is ridiculous. It's 31st overall. I mean, running back 18, I couldn't be more out. I mean, Travis Etienne and Javante Williams are behind him, and I would rather all day. I'll, I'd rather have what I don't know about than what I, failure that I've seen. I, I've seen two years of failure. I don't want more failure. It's been two years so, of fine and like annoying. No, it wasn't. Things. It wasn't fine. It was. It was bad. There was injuries. I mean, he had a few good games of efficiency, but he, when, when they tried to give him a workload, he didn't hold up to it. He was a disaster in the passing game last year. So many drops, so many times not running the right route. So and they have his fumble issues that popped up. Then there were there. fumbles on top of that. So I'm so out on Miles Sanders. I have no interest. None. He's, he, I, I want to off my team. He's I mean, a guy I, I barely own. I think I've owned him in like one league. He is like Total. the hardest sell, one of them in Dynasty for me. I want him off my team immediately. I don't want any part of him. I would love, love, love to invest in Kenneth Gainwell at his current price, just in case. Because I just think Miles Sanders, that by the end of this year, he's going to be finished. So I don't, I don't want him. So give, give me the other piece in the backfield, because everyone else is more failure. So I'll take Kenneth Gainwell just because, just in case. So everyone just updated their trade block to Miles Sanders on the block. The Get rid of him. Get rid of him. He's, he's so overpriced. I don't want him. 
So moving on to the wide receiver room, we have Devonta Smith, who probably stings you a little bit to hear, is on the Eagles. Uh, Jalen Regler and Travis Fulgham, who sparked a little bit in the season, then fell off a cliff and went back to his normal role as nothing. Look, I, I can tell you Devonta Smith is value. 59th overall in one QB, wide receiver 26. I mean, He's better than that. He is so much better than that. Wide receiver 26 is ridiculous, but it's just more of the running backs and maybe tight ends and quarterbacks that went ahead of him in one QB that I would disagree with. Well, I'm like looking um, at the list and I'm like, why are you not investing in this? I don't think I have him that different from wide receiver 26. Actually, that's not true. I mean, I have well, him. I, mean, I, I agree with the players around him is the problem, not his wide receiver right I mean, like right now, Mike Evans is wide receiver 14. Devonta Smith is wide receiver 26. Give me Devonta Smith over Mike Evans straight up. You heard it right now. Trust me. Trust me, in a year, it's going to look silly. In a year, they're going to be five rounds apart. Trust me on this one. Take Devonta Smith at his current price. He's going behind Julio Jones. Do not do that. Do not do that. That, that is a huge mistake. You're going to regret that one. He's going behind Kenny Galladay, who we talked about earlier. No, give me Devonta Smith over Kenny Galladay. I am all in on Devonta Smith. I think he's the clear number one weapon on this team. Clear, clear, not close for me. Because, you know, I, we saw what I heard about Miles. I said about Miles Sanders, a lot of failure. And, you know, we're going to talk about more failure from the other players. So I think Rager was a mistake to bring up the failure at this point. I think it was a big mistake. mistake. Yeah, big mistake, Jalen Rager. Although I think Jalen Rager's current value is, is fine. There's it's fine, but, like, it, it, but the way he was drafted and what you had to pay for him last year in startups and in uh, rookie drafts, yeah, he was a mistake, one that I made, by the way, I, and I own that. I, I was very high on Jalen Rager coming out. It was a mistake. I mean, I made, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. You know, it happens. We all make mistakes. Right now, though, his price is wide receiver 47. Sounds about fair for a first-round pick who didn't have a good season. Wide receiver 47? I mean, it's, it's not, hard. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's literally right at a value, I think, at a wide receiver yeah, just, should be. There's another first-round bust that I'm yeah. going for instead named Henry Ruggs who's going two rounds later. So I'm never getting Jalen Rager at his current price. But, but it's a fair price. It's but fine. That's it yeah, wide receiver 47 is fine. There's nothing wrong with that because he has a path to being the number two weapon on this team. But I just don't think the number two weapon on this team is going to be very valuable. Would, would Jalen Hurts throw any of the ball? Mm. Yeah, I don't want the number two weapon on this team. So yeah, I, he, might, he might not even be that because we're about to talk about the yeah. probable number two weapon, which is Dallas Goddard. And Zach Ertz still exists on the team. Probably Zach Ertz is soon. not on this team. Zach Ertz yeah. is going to be on another team. We'll talk about Zach Ertz in his own little bubble over here. But Dallas Goddard, very good tight end. We need to see it, though. We do, and we haven't really seen it. I mean, I, I would like to see it. I liked him a lot better when Carson Wentz was the quarterback. Even though Carson failure, all Carson failure, I just don't have He's any evidence. He's still fast evidence. with the tight end. He's still got the tight end work going I mean, in. for some reason, was obsessed with tight ends. Even last year with Zach Ertz, he was obsessed with throwing Zach Ertz to be well beyond Zach Ertz's due date, sell date, sell by date had long expired. He was still obsessed with passing to Zach Ertz. Best by date you were going for the buy. Whatever, I don't care. Uh, whatever it is, there's a sell by date too. But now with Jalen Hurts, we don't know what Jalen Hurts is going to do. I mean, he could. I think he's going to lock on to Devonta Smith. I mean, I would. He, I would. I mean, isn't he familiar with Devonta Smith? Their time mm -hmm. at Alabama overlapped. Yeah. So. You know, I, I think that that's something interesting. Dallas Goddard, again, I think it's fairly priced. I mean, 85th overall. He's the clear for me, the tight end eight. Yeah, the he's locked clear. in. That we, we, yeah. we had a big show about that. So you've gone back and listened to listen our tight end tiers for redraft. They have a lot of redraft dynasty and talk. Redraft dynasty, though. Redraft and dynasty. Yeah. He's a clear eight for me. 
and I am, again, I'm fine with him. He's there. I'm okay. They haven't given him a contract extension, though. He's he's an impending free agent, too. Are they going to pay him? The Eagles are in big cap trouble, and they have been for years. I think they have to pay him, right? They have to find a way. They have to find a way, right, to find the money for him. And I think that he's going to be their core. Well, I mean, I think, I think I think Jason Kelsey comes off, comes off the books next year. I think he retires I, I they'll soon. find a way, but I would think that they'd want to get that extension done before the year because the franchise tag on a tight end is prohibitive for what Goddard offers. He's not worth twelve million a year. Yeah. He's not worth that. So I would think they'd want to get a cheaper extension done out of the way before the year starts. But I think they're waiting to move Ertz before they do it. That's probably what the Spartans moves. Yeah, I get that. That's probably delaying everything. And I think that's delaying a lot of things with, with the Eagles. So with Ertz, we don't know what team he's going to be on. We're pretty sure it's not going to be the Eagles. We're almost it's not going to be one. the Eagles. But it's as we talked about in a previous show, send out your rookie thirds. I'm fine with that, yeah. To get to Zach Ertz just for this year. Just Unfortunately, I think we're never going to get to talk about what Zach Ertz is going to do because I expect Zach Ertz to be traded to the Bills who we just dismissed all of their tight ends. This is part of why I dismissed them. Um, and, you know, but it's hard to speculate because he could could be the Bills or could be any other team. But I'm very confident that Zach Ertz will not be on this team. So if that changes, if we get to August 20th and Zach Ertz is still there, we'll have a different conversation. But for now, I think it's fair to plan as if Zach Ertz is not going to be there. Either way, at worst, you're risking a third or they decline. I mean, I would yeah, just... that's fine, yeah. Moving on to the final team we're talking about this week. It is the Washington football team. Yes. So this is one of my favorite like teams to talk about. I think they're a lot of fun to work around. I think it's going to be a fun team to watch. Is Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback, which is a, a really fun thing to watch. T- Taylor Heineke is getting a little bit of talk, but it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. In my I don't opinion. buy Taylor Heineke. Yeah. I don't think – I think – and I'm not buying Fitzpatrick. If I have him, I have him. But like if I, or if I need like if this year and it's super cheap, which no one's selling for cheap because he's a starting quarterback. Um, yeah, and I don't want to buy him. But Fitzpatrick is good for the weapons around him. He always has been. Mm-hmm. But their 2022 quarterback is not on this roster. I, I think agree. there's a good chance it's Deshaun Watson or Aaron Rodgers or a pick in the draft. I don't think the, their 2022 quarterback is on this team. I think that they're delay, they delayed it with Ryan Fitzpatrick, but I think that they know that – Deshaun Watson and Aaron Rodgers will probably, if they don't come available this year, could come available next year. And then it could be an opportunity to to have one of those players. It might be a smart move, though, on their part, because Ryan Fitzpatrick is a very good bridge quarterback. Um, it is a smart move. It was a smart move to Their defense him. is really yeah. strong. They could win a lot of games by that. Now they can score points and lean on their defense. I, I just think that they're going to have another quarterback next year. So I agree. The dynasty implications are... Yeah. Um, quarterback is not really what we want to talk about. So moving on to the running back room here. So Antonio Gibson, love Antonio Gibson. There is J.D. McKissick and Peyton Barber existing. The only thing annoying is J.D. McKissick's passing work last year, but I think that's your shift to Gibson this year. What's your opinion on Gibson? I don't like him as much as some people do. Uh, I, li- I liked him a lot more before their signings of Curtis Samuel, but I still like I'm him. I'm not worried about Curtis Samuel. I'm not they worried, always- but every, every little chip is just annoying piece by piece on it. I, maybe I, I just I mean I have him I mean I guess I have him above it's he's weird because like there's a Twitter tribe that's like Antonio Gibson Antonio Gibson Antonio Gibson but like the, the actual value is not where the loud voices on Twitter say it is like 
I'm considered a Gibson hater, despite the fact that I have Gibson ranked as RB9 when ADP is RB10, and I have him ranked 14th, ADP is 16th. That's the highest, by the way, his ADP has ever been. So not the lowest. It's not like it's gone down recently. It's actually gone up recently. So there's people on Twitter who are very loud about Antonio Gibson, but the market value is around where I have him, which is a low-end dynasty RB1. For this I think year, it's fair I mean, value for him. Yeah. I think it's good value at that I think spot. it is. And doesn't mean anything wrong with him. I think he has a ceiling of big games to blow up and win you a week, but he's also just good. Like, he's an RB1. I mean, yeah. It, I would prefer to have Najee Harris over Antonio Gibson. But I would not prefer to have Nick Chubb and Ezekiel Elliott over Antonio Gibson, who are ranked above him in ADP. So I think I just have some disagreements on some of the other players. But, like, I come in around the same on Gibson, which is that, you know, I think Gibson is kind of like you're buying a really good running back at 24 years old or 23 years old and, you know, whatever you think that that's worth. But you're not buying someone to me that is ever going to be a top five dynasty pick. So I feel like you just never got excited about him. So it doesn't seem like you like him as much as you actually do. That, and I think that's part of it is because everyone yelling at me about Gibson is like, oh, I have him top five. And I, I just don't. I can't see him in top five either. And I like Gibson right, and a lot. I'm I can't. higher than him on consensus. I, again, I think this is something where the perception is very skewed. Where like the Twitter bubble is saying one thing, but if you actually go and look, it's not that way. Like it, it, people are lower on Gibson than I am, but we never hear from those people. We don't hear from the Gibson haters. Well, the about other players. So, but for some reason, we never hear from the haters on him. We always hear from the haters on Cam Akers. We always hear from the haters on Swift. You know, we always hear from you know the haters on Dobbins and Ceh. But for some reason, I never hear anyone talk bad about Gibson. So it's just my meh, lukewarm, I have him at the value sounds horrible, but it isn't. So just it's something about him that I've noticed, which is kind of odd. Let's go to the wide receiver room because there's not much talk about McKissick. Let's go oh, to... put Jarrett Patterson on your roster. Put Jarrett Patterson on the back of your roster. UDFA running back Washington. Put, put him on your roster. Okay, I'll have to do that. I don't know much about you'll him. You'll have actually. to do that. Yeah, you'll have to do that because I think that he's going to eliminate McKissick and Barber from the rotation. I think he's possibly going to be the backup there. So I, I, he should be on every single dynasty roster. He shouldn't be on any waivers. And everyone put in your waiver claims. And put in your waiver two, claims. One. It's not the first time I've said this, by the way. No, uh, I mean, that's, I mean, I, first, I, you're te- well, no, teaching I've me some of these times. So if people have multiple, in multiple places, so I, I again, we gotta, we gotta be listening. We gotta be listening. we grinding your waivers of how you get an edge in dynasty. This is how you get the James Robinson's in the yeah. off season. Yes. Because this is how you get an edge without having to beat anyone else. You don't, you don't have to trick someone into taking a bad trade. You can just do it on your own and you can grind out an edge that way. Wide receiver room, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Adam Humphreys, Deami Brown. I love, love Terry McLaurin. McLaurin. I love Terry McLaurin. Love Terry McLaurin. Uh, I mean, I felt like I had to fight you early off season, and now I'm just like, my love is like being able to be show and be free while well, you're with me. I think we felt differently when there was different quarterback. Um, my mind has changed since they signed Ryan Fitzpatrick. That that was a big change for me. Um, so that that changed things with. His current price, though, I mean, I have him wide receiver 11. ADP has him wide receiver 11. So pay what he's worth. Just pay his value right now. Get him. Enjoy it. 
That's that's what I'm saying with him. Yeah, I actually have him, I believe, 11 with the exact 10 players ahead of him that are ahead and the exact everyone else behind. So I think I have him exactly, I have him just ahead of Michael Thomas and that's exactly how ADP has it, just ahead of Michael Thomas. As he should be ahead of Michael Thomas and I love Michael Thomas. Yeah, I just definitely older player. I think I like the wide receiver value in that range a lot, both McLaurin actually and Thomas. I Um, I, I have teams with both of them. Yeah, so he's someone that I'd be targeting uh, in that range, and I'm fine paying whatever it takes. And uh, I think he's the clear one there. I actually think that whatever it takes within reason. I think we're in an offense that's actually similar to the Giants, in a way. Two players we care about, and we're not so interested in everyone else. We care so about no, in, we care no, about McLaurin. no interest in Curtis Samuel at all. None. Gotta... None. I have no interest in Curtis Samuel. I mean, uh, what is the interest in Curtis Samuel? Curtis Samuel, he's weird. Again, I feel like he's a player that has a lot of these supporters, and like I, I'm not one of them. I have him a little bit lower than his ADP, but I feel like even his ADP is wrong because he always seems to go higher. So. I hate that we agreed on this, though, because I love Curtis Samuel as a player, but I think he's a better football player than a fantasy player. Just because yeah, no, he, does, he, he does so much, and I want him somewhere else. I just, with a Ryan Fitzpatrick, with a Gibson there, I think he's just an annoying thorn. But I think Terry and Gibson outperform, and Curtis Samuel's just, like, there. So, like, I would be thinking he's just, like, a Sterling Shepard level. I'm not worried about Curtis Samuel for the other two. I mean, if you're talking about... I'm not worried about it. That's why I think Curtis Samuel takes the biggest hit. I think he's, just, again, better on the field than he is in your lineup for fantasy. Right, but alphas eat first, right? I mean, we all know that. And yeah. when it comes to the wide receiver two on a team, Curtis Samuel is average. I mean, average. So, like, for when it comes to McLaurin, I'm not worried about it. When it comes to Gibson, I'm not really worried about it. It's Logan Thomas who I'm worried about. We're going to talk yeah. about next with Curtis Samuel is that I think that Logan Thomas was surviving on volume last year. And now Curtis Samuel, remember, I don't, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is supporting much other than a, I mean, I already think he's supporting wide receiver one and running back one. He's also known the laser focus on players. He does. He's, he's, he locks on to the uber talented players. Yeah. And which is, which is a great best. idea as a, oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I would pass love it to your that. best player. Yeah. Pass it to your best player is usually a good plan. Weird. When he was with the bucks, he locked on to Godwin and, and Evans didn't really throw to anyone else. Yeah. So, you know, that's what he did really it was Evans back then. So that they had Godwin, had Godwin really broke out. out yeah, yeah. Well, broken out. So he locked in on Evans big time locked in on Evans. And I think that's what he's going to do here. He's going to lock in on McLaren. I just think that there's not enough to go around to support Samuel and Thomas. I agree. But just given how scarce tight ends are, even if Thomas is not so great, he could still still be in one. Samuel, I just think you're looking at wide receiver four production, and I don't want that. Any interest in De'Ami Brown? I know he's been getting some I do. I mean, I have interest in De'Ami Brown, but again, I think we're talking about— I can't see a path. He's a stash. Well, no, we're talking about, like, remember how I said there was going to be a quarterback upgrade next year? We're talking about someone who has a path to being something eventually, but it's hard. I mean, Curtis Samuel and Terry McLaurin are locked in for two more years. I'm probably too high on De'Ami Brown. I really like him as a prospect. You are higher. You are pretty high. But very like- high. Yeah, I'm very high on De'Ami Brown. I just think that somehow the talent's going to win, but it's, it's concerning that he's pretty blocked. The only thing is that I think that Curtis Samuel, like you said, is one of those players who could produce more on the NFL field. So maybe they see him as worth the contract, even if he's not going to have like that much of a role. <laughs> so yeah. I, it hurts hoping. to say for like guys like De'Ami Brown, 
do you want to grow into roles? But I think it's I Curtis Samuel's good enough. Curtis Samuel, we know what he is. So if Deami Brown is a star, he'll outperform Curtis Samuel and push him to the side. I mean, it's if, possible. If I mean, Deami Brown is a star. If Deami Brown is just okay, they'll stick with the money and stick with Samuel. But he, Deami Brown has an opportunity to be the number two weapon on this team if he is as good as some people. The number two wide receiver, not the number two weapon. The number yeah, two yeah, passing yeah. weapon. Passing weapon. Yeah. Just wanna... Gibson, to me, is not enough. He's not McCaffrey or Kamara. Like, I count very few running backs as passing game weapons when I'm counting. There are very few that I actually count. Usually, I ignore them. Uh, Swift is one of the other ones that I count. But typically, like your typical running back, I don't count them in a receiving pecking. Well, I think Gibson could, could have that role if they allow him to because he was a playing wide receiver in college. I'm, I'm not expecting it, though. I, I'm not expecting it. I'm, I'm expecting you know, him to be fourth in receptions this year behind the three that you would expect. McLaurin, Samuel, and Thomas. I all expect to have more targets, more receptions. So to close it out on Thomas, if you have him, keep him. Yeah. You can't get anything for him. He'll be good plug and play. But that's all he is. He was pretty much free last year. Enjoy the upside what it has. His volume's going down, and he's just too old to sell. That's correct. Yeah, he. I believe he turns 30 in a couple of weeks. So I think he already no turned 30. Window. I know it's close to him like that, but I think he's he just turned 91. I forget exactly when his birthday is, but yeah. he's the 30. So your sell window's gone. Just keep him. And yeah, and again, if you if you have one of those bigger tight ends and he gets hurt, he's a guy you can plug in. It's not exactly. Anything, it's something yeah, you're upset you're about. Thinking. So yeah. he's a good hold. Perfect. Long show there, Tyler, but a great talking point that we had going on here. Any final thoughts before we close out of here? No, I mean, it's good to go through all the players. You know, it's, it's a rapid-fire format, but, you know, it's a good way to touch on everybody. We'll, and we'll get up to everybody by the end of it. Yeah, we're hitting every single skill player across all the teams, kind of touching on them, going through with all of it. And that's the biggest thing about going on, so we understand how they work together. So it's not just an arbitrary list. We want to talk about what we exactly. think their role in their team is as well. And that's very important to understand the difference between a player we like their role is going to be in how many fantasy points they score. You got to look at the full picture to understand this game. It's a good exercise just to help your like thinking about the game, even if it's, you know, even if it's a, more of a rapid fire and kind of quick, quick hitter. <laughs> Looking at an offense like in its entirety, one all at a time is uh, is kind of a helpful thought process. If that makes sense. Yeah, totally makes sense, Tyler. Well, thank you all for tuning in. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs>